the past few years, we've heard the term free agents and been told we would all need to become one in order to succeed. The recent economic structures have helped to promote this concept as reality. Where do we get the tools to take control of our career path in the present and future? Welcome to The Career Confidant with your host, Marie Zimanoff. Marie and her guest experts are here to provide you with the tools you need to move forward and achieve your career goals. Now, here is Marie Zimanoff. Hello and welcome to The Career Confidant and we're glad you're here with us today and you are going to be glad because in our goal to give you all of the tools and information that you need to take care of your career, we have a treat for you today with Kyla Duffy visiting us and she is the career alchemist and I look forward to hearing more about that term and she's going to share with you some best practices for changing careers. Now if you are one of the 40 to 60%, depending on which articles you read, of people who are thinking about changing careers, this will be critical information for you because job search, resume writing, all of that is going to be a little bit different when you are changing careers. So Kyla, thank you so much for joining us today. Hey, Marie, thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, so tell me a little bit about why you're so passionate about helping people change careers, and you'll have to tell us a little bit about how you came up with the career career alchemist title for yourself. <laughs> sure. Um, I guess I'll tell you about that one first, and then we can jump into my career history. But you know, I've been I've been writing resumes and and career coaching for some time now, not nearly as long as you have, but for you know probably about six years. And you know, I don't. I don't love the term coach because it's just unregulated, you know, like anyone can kind of call themselves a coach. Um, you know, there's training programs people go through, which is fantastic, but I just always felt uncomfortable with the word coach. And maybe it's because I come from a sports background and coach is a very specific thing there too. But so for years I was trying to figure out how to brand myself. And one day I had a client provide me with, it was just, her titles and the companies she worked for. And I ended up being able to write a resume for her just with that information. I mean, it wasn't the best resume because I didn't have her quantifiable achievements, but at least I was able to get something down to get her started. And at that moment, I realized I'm an alchemist. <laughs> you know, I can create things. So that's kind of where that came from. And it just, and it just sat with me. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. And so for the past six years, you've been working with people in the career space. What has you gravitating towards people who are changing careers? Yeah, you know, yeah, it's you just know, my it's personal, personal path. path. I'm one of those I'm people of those who people get through a seven-year itch, you know, so every six or seven years, I find myself in a different career. So I can really empathize with people who are in a space where they're not happy with what they're doing. Maybe they don't know why they're unhappy. They're just uncomfortable or, you know, they rank, there's a whole spectrum, right, of needing to get the heck out of here right now and just kind of feeling uncomfortable. So I, I've experienced all those feelings in my life. And I would say, you know, I've I was an entrepreneur right out of college. I had a snack food company. We ended up in 200 stores in 20 states before I went bankrupt because I was a snotty 
college student that <laughs> didn't understand my own limitations. Um, from there, I became a national sales manager for a rock climbing wall company. Um, I sold franchises after that. I counseled people with a small business development center. But probably my most daring career change was when I went from teaching sales management at the University of Colorado to joining a circus in Japan as a flying trapeze artist. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So, I am no stranger to career change. <laughs> I love it. And and then of course you got the not only the heart for the career changers, but some expertise to go along with it, I'm guessing. Well, yeah. So when I, it, it's pretty funny, you know, to say that I was a flying trapeze artist moonlighting as a resume writer, but that's the fact. I was working um, for six and a half years in a circus in Japan. And during that time, I was also writing resumes. And that's where I kind of got my foot in the door. I never thought it would be a career. It just seemed like a gig, right? But when I left the circus, um, I needed something to do. And I was fortunate in that the company I was working for allowed me to learn how to become an interview coach. So my, my interest and my skills just, just started growing and growing. And I was really able to leverage that personal story and that personal experience to give people a unique brand of help. Yeah, that's excellent. Yeah. And you get that experience and, and doing that. And what do you see and maybe some of the things you experienced yourself? What are some of the greatest barriers when people start thinking about changing careers? Yeah, you know, I think there's a lot of different things people face. Um, probably the psychological barriers are the first thing to overcome, the imposter syndrome, you know, people thinking that they, they want to do something, but they can't. And absolutely, that is not true. You can do whatever you want to do. Um, so I think the psychological part of it is a big part. But then in terms of um, the skills, needing to look outside of what you're currently doing and understand what that career change consists of and being willing to dig in and put in the time to get the skills you need to, to make that career change. Yeah. And that there's two parts that there, right? The, the focus and getting over some of the imposter syndrome as we create that focus, but also finding that stepping stone because we can do anything. How we get there is sometimes a, a, a little bit of a path. And, and that's, that's part of the fun, isn't it? Helping people figure out that path. Absolutely. And I think going through that process of figuring out that path helps get over that imposter syndrome, right? They kind of go hand in hand. The more you understand and build your confidence, you know, and build your skill, the more you're not going to feel like an imposter. The other thing, though, I think that is probably worth mentioning is connections, right? If you're changing industries or you're changing careers, sometimes not having those connections can feel overwhelming. So you got to put in place a mechanism to start building those new connections. Mm, yeah. And both of those pieces go together because you're learning sometimes about the skills that you need from those people that you're making the connections with. Exactly. Right. It's all, it's all related. So kind of attacking that and that's where a coach can be helpful, right? But attacking it from a holistic perspective and bringing all those parts together is really a recipe for success. So when people are, and since kind of right now you're talking about upskilling or reskilling, we hear those buzzwords. Tell us a little bit about what those mean or, or what they mean to you, upskilling or reskilling. 
Sure. Yeah. I mean, I think yeah, it's interesting. This could be a whole different conversation about the role of higher learning, right? And where degrees come into it or certifications or certificates or just independent study. I mean, there's so many different ways you can go about augmenting your skills. But in my opinion, I think the best way to go about it is to explore many different job descriptions that align with the kind of work you'd like to do and see, well, what's what's common among them? What kind of skills are needed among them? And then look at that and ask yourself, well, what am I lacking? You know what I mean? Or what do I have, but what could I be better at? And then start looking for those educational opportunities for where you can build those skills. And I really feel like a lot of times that's not with another degree. I know there's probably a lot of people out there that are similar to me that whenever things start going sideways, I think I'm going to go get another college degree. (laughs) But these days, it's not necessarily the best choice. It can be throwing away a lot of money um, and time. So there's so many different um Uh, institutions that are providing certificates and learning opportunities, even just like Linda, I think that's owned by um, LinkedIn now, right? Lynda.com? Yeah, LinkedIn Learning. Yep, yep. Yep, that's LinkedIn Learning. And then, of course, there's Udemy and and Coursera and those that are very low cost where you can pick up a lot of different skills. But one of my favorite career change stories, actually, was a client who was a waitress. I actually just pulled up her resume right now so I can tell you. She was a waitress. She worked in Hong Kong. She worked in New York. But she always was waiting tables, and she wanted to get out of that. And we did some coaching, and we figured out, sales was a natural transition, you know, because as a waitress, she was she was selling things. So she knew how to sell things. She ended up finding this one um, course called SB Academy that taught her how to be a business development representative. And within months, she had a great job that was that paid well. And that school, she didn't have to pay for it up front. She was able to pay for it as she went after she got a job. So I just thought that was such a great success story where she found a, an alternative training method to get to where she wanted to go without having to shell out a lot of money. Yeah, and there are, well, a few things about what you're saying, that we got to do the research, just jumping into any kind of training program and probably not going to be as helpful as if you do the research and figure out what are people really looking for, what are the job descriptions calling for, but then talking to some people, and this is why I asked that question, because it kind of went into your networking piece about as you're building those connections or doing research, asking about what training programs to take can be such a great icebreaker. And so when people are thinking about, you know, making a transition, there are so many different ways that they can do it. And um, asking people in the field, can be a kind of a two birds with one stone. Is that is that where we're headed? That is a great point. You know, doing informational interviews with people, getting to know people in the field, and asking them what training should I take. Absolutely. Yeah, and that builds that um, confidence in our choices. It also can make it a little bit easier to spend the time and or money, if money is necessary, to get that upskilling because we know that it's a sound investment and and that uh, as much as we can, it's going to move us forward to the next place. So that those are great ideas for, for someone. Um, I love your story too, just thinking about that you, there's almost a training program for anything and it can give you that opportunity to get an inroad if you figure out what that is and how to make that transition. 
Um, so we're we're talking about job search here, and what is different about job search for someone who's making a career change? Yeah, you know, well, we talked about those connections. I mean, that's definitely, I think, one of the biggest pieces, don't you, of of making inroads with companies that interest you um, by meeting people. I, I think that would, I mean, it's not that different from staying in your industry, but I think you have to sometimes make a greater effort because you're moving outside of your comfort zone. Um, you know, in terms of other things to think about, I think it's very important to be future focused rather than thinking about your past. And I think a lot of people get stuck in this. They think about what they've done, not where they want to go. And in doing that, they fail to align their um, transferable skills. You know, I see a lot of resumes for people who want to do a career change, but it talks about all these things that have nothing to do with where they want to go. And when we sit down and we really talk about it, we discover this whole cornucopia of skills that people have that do transfer to this other role. So I think that's kind of one of the biggest things is just making sure to focus on not everything that you've done, but the things that you've done that are relevant and really juice those things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that that's definitely important for the resume, but there are so many other ways that we're going to use that in our job search. We're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about job search strategies for career change and talk about resume and interviewing strategies for career change as well. So we'll be right back in just a few minutes. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. Today, expertise equals credibility. When you know what to do and how to do it, people follow because they acknowledge that you know more. However, stepping up in your career eventually pushes you out of your comfort zone of expertise. How you lead at those moments requires new skills. We're here to show you how to survive and thrive. Join me, Wanda Wallace, on Out of the Comfort Zone at Voice America Business Channel. You can find more information at Leadership Forum INC. You hear about it all the time. Compromises, destructive malware, major breaches. You can't turn on the news without hearing about the latest cyber event. Learn more about cybersecurity, how it has become one of the most significant threats to our national security, and the battle experts undergo every day on your behalf to protect you, your families, and your data. Task Force 7 Radio with host George Redis is the voice of cybersecurity around the world. Tune in live every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on The Voice America Business Channel. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at a strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. 
Hello and welcome back to The Career Confidant. And today we're talking with Kyla Duffy about how you can navigate your career change and job search. And we were talking a little bit about job search and what's different about job search. And you'd mentioned the importance of networking. Why is that so important? I mean, it's important in all job searches, but why is it even more important for a career change job search? Yeah, well, I think with a career change, you're moving into some untested waters. So having that internal advocate can be huge, right? It can really make a difference for you. Just in thinking, too, about how to develop those relationships with people. You know, it goes so much beyond just doing informational interviews. You know, they're a great place to start for anyone that doesn't know what that is. It's simply reaching out to someone in a company and saying, you know, I'm I'm interested in, in your company or I'd like to do this kind of work. Could you please just tell me about yourself and how you got into that company? It's not a sales pitch. Um, and it's just a relationship building tool. So, you know, you can start there, but there's so many other things you can do, like job shadowing, you know, finding someone and seeing, can I come to work with you for a day? Um, Or volunteering. I mean, I think that's one of the best things you can do to get that step up in this career change is volunteer with an organization in the type of role that you're interested in doing. Because in that way, you're building advocates who will give you a nice um, testimonial, you're building skill, and you're getting to know whether or not you really want to embark on this career change. So I think prototyping in that way, doing some volunteer work is a great way to go about it. Yeah, and and all of those things are really about getting yourself to be 3D, if you will, because on paper, when you're in a career change, you're, you may not be the strongest candidate. We're going to talk a little bit about how you can look more strong in a minute. But no matter what kind of translation we do on your resume, you may not look like the best fit on paper. And so having that person that either has knowledge of your work or that is an advocate for you in some way is great. And as you're saying, the connections, the deeper the connections, the better. So having that you know, one or two networking meetings is nice, but if there's any way to do some work for that person with that person so that they really have an uh, a vantage point of what you do and how good you are, they'll be an even stronger advocate for you. Anything else you'd that say about so job right. search? Well, I just want to say that I love that imagery that you just brought up, that 3D, you know, getting off the paper and into people's faces with your skills. I just think that's a perfect way of looking at it. Yeah, yeah. Now, now when we are talking about the resume, you talked about this just a little bit earlier, but what are some strategies for career changers to look more qualified on their resume? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm a very nuts and bolts person. I like uh, well-defined processes. So let me share what, what my my process is for doing something like this, um, really for doing anything. But what I like to do is I like to take the job description, the ideal job description that a person is looking for, or maybe a compilation of a few, and highlight the key skills that I see in the job description. That's always my first step. And then from there, I think it's really important for the career changer to take a look at those things that they, that they highlight and say, okay, how can I pull that out of each job that I've done? And that's really going to be the thing that convinces the recruiter, the hiring manager that's looking at their resume, that they have those skills. 
nothing else matters. You know, if you want to be a customer success manager, but you're great at finance, it doesn't matter. What's important is that you're good at handling customers and making them happy. So how can you translate what you did? Let's say you were in a finance role. How can you translate that to customer success? Well, maybe you were beholden to internal customers, you know, and how did you create great experiences for them? That's what I would focus on in the resume. Yeah, it's really that, and and you have to have a focus to do it, which is where you started. You have to have that focus to be able to then go and say, when have I done that, and how can I explain it in the closest language is possible to the hiring manager's language? And that's, I always say, a translation. All right, we're doing the translation to make sure that we look like a, a fit, um, anything else specifically with the resume or LinkedIn profile that you see with career changers? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the one thing that I say to people is just don't leave things to chance, right? Don't assume that the person reading your resume is going to read between the lines. Make it very obvious that you have these skills, even if it seems like you're explaining something that they should know. You know what I mean? Don't those shoulds always get in the way. Don't do that. Be specific about the ways that you have aligned with whatever that job description is. And don't be lazy um, by not changing your resume each time you apply for a different job. And that's, that's the case for any job seeker. Um, in terms of your uh, question about LinkedIn, you know, LinkedIn is fantastic because it gives you that about section where you can talk about why you want to do this career change, you know, what inspires you about it. Um, and I think always focusing on that future, like what value are you going to provide in this new role and using the about section to talk about that is, is a really good strategy. Yeah, that story can be so powerful and humanizing and connective and more than ever. So job fight research from, I think it was a year ago, showed that employers are open to career changers more than ever before. Of course, they have to be, right? We're in a, a lack of talent situation for them. And this is important for our individuals to realize when you're making a career change, you have to show the qualifications like you were showing earlier, but if you can also show why and connect, one, you might get found faster because if you're using some of the, the language about the future industry that you're interested in, you might get found faster and, and connect to them better. But then two, when I read that, I'm going to understand why you want to make that transition. And if I've got you know, 10 applicants that are looking to make a transition into my industry, and you're the only one who's really spelled out why, well, you win, right? Because I I want someone who knows what they're doing, they're less likely to jump again. Yeah, exactly. And I, I always tell people too, you know, hiring managers, what they're evaluating you on most is your skill, motivation, and culture fit, right? So, in your about section, how can you demonstrate that you have the skill that you're motivated and you're going to be a fit for whatever, you know, hopefully you're seeking out cultures that align with your work style. You know, that's the probably a strong key for success. But, um, you know, if you can use that section to define those things and especially define them around why you're, why you're embarking on this career change, like you said, you're going to be out in front of the pack. So tell me a little bit about 
interviewing strategies for career changers? What is different? What are some of the landmines that people should be aware of when they're interviewing in, in their career change? <laughs> well, I would say, you know, the number one thing, and I mean, it seems like it shouldn't need to be said, but it does need to be said sometimes, is don't talk poorly about your last career, right? Um, always talk about your previous career in a positive light, and then talk about what you're looking forward to in your next career, you know, where you're moving towards. Um, and I, that's, you know, the same advice I give everyone is, is being forward thinking, you know, forward looking, what's going to be great about this next step, not why are you running away from whatever. So even, for example, when they ask you, why are you leaving your last job? Be real positive about it. You know, say, wow, it was a great place to work. I love doing it. Or pick one thing out that you can genuinely say you liked about the work and then talk about how you gained valuable experience that's going to help you moving into this next career. So, again, it goes back to knowing what the key skills are for this job and really being able to speak to them. And you said, you know, what are the landmines? I would say, you know, another one is just, again, getting too mired in examples of things that you've done that have nothing to do with this next work you're going to be moving towards. So really, really trying to focus on those transferable skills. Right. And, and the putting together the resume can really help you do that because you're going to be focused on that, those stories and tell those stories in the right way for the resume. And then you'll have that language to move into the interview. And I love your point about being positive, I always say positive and future focused, because it doesn't do mm -hmm. any good to, it doesn't give us any information to talk about why you're leaving that last thing in the, in the negative light. And I think sometimes people say, you know, oh, if I talk about what I didn't like there, then it will show them that I'm ready to move. But it just, it's negative and we don't need it. I, I like the idea of positive and future focused. Um, any other things that people watch out for in a career change interview? First, let me apologize if you hear some snoring because I have my emotional support dog on my lap. <laughs> <laughs> um, she's very helpful. Um, so, yes, you know, I think one last thing I'd like to um, just mention is that same technique of, you know, taking that job description, especially when you're going in for an interview you have a specific job description, right? Because you're, you're going for a specific job. So taking that description and highlighting whatever stands out to you as important. Um, you know, it could be the bullets. Sometimes there's information in other areas that's not in the bullets that's important. And then on a separate sheet of paper, writing two or three examples down that relate to the things that you highlighted. And in that way, you're creating a roadmap for yourself of all the things talk about at the interview. Um, and especially these days with virtual interviews and phone interviews, I mean, there's nothing wrong with having that in front of you. It's not a memory contest. It's, you know, an employer trying to get to know you. So nothing wrong with having a reference sheet in front of you and making sure that those examples align with this job you're moving towards, not the job you're moving from. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I love that idea of just you do your research, do your prep where you really know what you need to speak to and then you can um, be more likely to, to tell the stories that really matter. There's two words that I tell people to watch out for in their job search. And so I'll, I'll share those after our next break. But before we do that, I want you, um, Kyla, to share with people how they can find you. Where can they connect with you uh, if they want to learn more or follow some of the other content that you're sharing? 
Yeah, thank you. I think the best place to start is just my website. It's just kyladuffy.com, and that's K-Y-L-A-D-U-F-F-Y.com. Yeah, kyladuffy.com. I hope people will find you've got great content that you're putting out, so helpful, and I appreciate so much you've shared your tips here. We've just got one minute. So what's one last tip that you would share for career change or where people should start if they're thinking about a career change? Where to begin? Well, like you mentioned, I think that research, right? You know, here's what I think about starting your career change. One really helpful tool is to set up a spreadsheet, write down all the, um, the tasks you've done throughout your entire work history, just do a brain dump, and then rate each one from one to 10 on your skill in each of those things and how much you liked each of those things, one being not good and 10 being great. Add those up and then sort it so that you can see which ones are getting the top scores and pursue work that really speaks to the intersection of your strengths and your interests. And I think that's kind of a a good place to start in figuring out which direction you want to go. Yeah, doing that inventory. Well, thank you so much, Kyla. We really appreciate you taking the time to share your expertise. We are going to say goodbye to Kyla, but when we come back, continue talking a little bit about this career change and talk a little bit about this great resignation idea and what to do before you decide to jump in uh, to the great resignation pool. We'll be right back in just a few minutes. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network you know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career you can have the foresight skills and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities a strategic advantage and career expert marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused get found and get hired Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. Today we live in a truly global environment. Business can more easily be conducted now in almost any part of the world. How do you, as a business owner or professional, navigate the ever-changing business landscape? Tune in to Leadership Beyond Borders with host Kimberly J. Lewis. With a worldwide resource of guests, you'll find out what opportunities and challenges surround diverse and virtual organizations. Listen live every Tuesday at 3 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at a strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to the Career Confidant. And today we were talking with Kyla Duffy, and she was dropping some great knowledge for you on career change 
from getting focused to job search and interviewing. And I give you a little bit of a cliffhanger there on the interviewing. When people are making a career change, there are two words that oftentimes get in their way. One is just. When you are thinking about making a transition, you, you might think, well, I've just done that in this context, but not in the new context. Well, that's fine. Just tell the story. We don't need to make a caveat. We don't need you to say that judgment. Let them decide if it was enough or not. And you can just tell me what you've done. (laughs) Tell me what you've done without the judgment of it. You don't need to diminish it, which is usually what saying just does is it diminishes it. And we don't need to do that. So tell your stories, prepare your stories, be truthful. You don't need to exaggerate. We also don't have to worry about making that judgment. Only is very similar. I've only done this or I've only done it in this and uh, in this context. So when I was working with students, you know, would say, tell me about a time that you've used Excel. Well, I've only used that in class. No, no, no. We use that in class to do this project. And I analyzed this many data records. It doesn't matter what the story is. You tell the story and you let the, the individual on the other side determine if that fits for them or not. And, and that's why practicing the stories is so important to often have people say, oh, you know, I don't want to practice my stories because they'll sound rehearsed. Man, I, I want you to sound rehearsed. If the, if the choices are unprepared or, or rehearsed, let's choose rehearsed every time. Because guess what? As you practice, you'll actually start to sound less rehearsed as you practice. And nobody's great off the cuff unless you're a professional speaker and then you're most likely not interviewing for jobs, right? So practice and it's okay. Write it out, write out the bullet points, practice it, call yourself, leave yourself a message, listen to it. Then you can move into the video world and practice it on video. But I want to know that you have had those words come out of your mouth before you get into that interview, that you've told a similar story. It's not going to be the exact same story because they're going to ask a slightly different question. You're going to have to adjust your story a little bit. But when you've already told that story in your practice, it'll be easier for you to adjust the story moving forward. Watch out for those tendencies to diminish what you've done because it wasn't exactly what the new job is looking for. It's your job. It it falls squarely on your shoulders to communicate the relevant pieces of what you've done to the hiring manager in a way that they can see you as a fit for that role. That means that you're translating and you're telling the story. You're not embellishing. You're not exaggerating. You're also not caveating because then I get, I just have less faith in you. I have less, uh, less confident in your ability to do things when you're using those caveats like just and only. When we are talking about career change, the, I was listening to a conversation this morning. It was a Harvard Business Review conversation, and the individual that was speaking 
was talking about how when we make a career change, oftentimes we trade one set of problems for another. And this is going to be true in any you know, in any kind of change, in any kind of relationship, it always kind of makes me laugh. The parallels that we can draw between, um, you know, jobs and relationships in general, you, the grass is never that much greener on the other side. We've really got to know what is it that you're looking for out of this career change because the more specific you are, the more likely it is that you'll be able to achieve that. Also that you're looking for ideas and, and suggestions. That's not the right word, but you're looking for, is this really going to give me what I'm looking for more of? And you can also just do a reality check because if you are just feeling challenged right now by life, kids being home people being sick. Maybe you're like me and I feel like I've been sick now for almost a month because my son brought home COVID. I got a breakthrough case and then I've continued to get every little cold since then because I feel like my immune system just has not caught up. If you are feeling there, is a new job going to fix that? Maybe, maybe not. Well, you've really got to be able to sit down and think about it and map out, and Kyla talked about this, map out what is it that you've enjoyed in your past jobs, what haven't you enjoyed in your past jobs, and what's really not working right now. Is it your manager? Is there a way to have a conversation around that? And I've talked about this on the show before, but really figuring this out and trying to fix it where you are will give you some critical insights and skills to make sure that you don't just jump into the same problem when you move. And to make, making a career change takes time, it takes effort. Even in today's market where there are tons of open jobs, employers are still hesitant to bring someone on who hasn't done that exact job. And they're, you know, they're getting less hesitant and there'll be more opportunities as the days go on. It is gonna take effort. So let's first figure out why and where and how we're gonna direct that effort. And then if there's ideas about how you can bridge the gap in your current job, are there ways you could get the skills you wanna use in that next job where you are now? Could you take some training or even use your internal training library to get some of those skills, maybe even for free, before you think about making that jump? I talk a lot about an, an engineer in my life who's looking to go into product management and working for a really large company who has an extensive learning system that the employees all have access to. And guess what? Inside that learning system, there's classes about product management, being a product manager, about marketing. Why pay someone else for these classes if there's opportunities to use your existing resources to do that? on your own time, of course. However, they're there, they're available to you. And unless there's some gate that you need to get through most of the time in, in those large companies, you just have access and can get whatever you want. When you've done that work, then you start to see what the drivers really are to make a change. If it is what you think it's gonna be, and 
you know, it, it just takes one scroll through mom's Facebook group to see all of the people who had a husband cheat or they've cheated and come back to the fact that, you know, the grass isn't greener and it, you can make a big effort to make a career change and then not have the grass any greener. In fact, this gentleman, and I wish his name was in the email, but it's not, was talking about how an HR person, when they have someone who's leaving, one of the questions was asked was, you know, should we do a counter offer if one of our employees gets an offer or have they already decided to leave? And he talked about how when that person is leaving, you don't necessarily need to make a counter offer, but make sure that you are telling them how valuable they are, telling them that they, you know, you loved working with them. If it's true, of course, that they you'd love to have them back because research shows that once the new wears off in that new job, a lot of times people start to reminisce and wish they could go back to the old job. Don't be that statistic. Do the research first and figure out if this is really going to be a good move for you before you make it. Now, when you are thinking about making this career change, getting that focus first is, is so important for so many reasons. But then you start to build a repertoire of community and a repertoire of, you know, people don't like the term thought leadership. You want to start having conversations in the industries and roles that you want to go into. And if you're currently working this might have to be a little bit of a bridging activity. You'll be a little bit careful. But if you want to go from engineering to marketing, start joining marketing conversations within your organization, especially if there's a connection there and you can make the connection and other people would be able to see the connection, not necessarily that you're looking to jump ship. Start having those conversations online. Join groups where people are talking about the new thing that you want to do, join groups on LinkedIn. You don't have to list the group on your LinkedIn profile. It can be private. It doesn't have to show up publicly on your profile. You can join groups in Facebook. You know, you can make sure there's nobody from your company in there or whatever first, but just start having these conversations. Then you get the lingo and you also start to build your digital footprint in the right direction. Then, of course, you start having the one-on-one conversations that Kylo is talking about where you're reaching out to people in the roles that you wanted to be in, in the companies that you're thinking about moving into, and you start having those conversations. And we in the business call it an informational interview. Please don't use that term. It's confusing. People see interview. It's it, I just you don't need to use that term. Say I'm thinking about X. I'd love to get your perspective. People love to give their advice. Ask for advice. It's not about a job. And guess what? You don't have to take the advice, but it gets the person talking. Love your advice on how to get into marketing. Love your advice on how to get into this industry. And stick away from the specific company as my intro question. Uh, it's kind of a, it's going to shut the door. Talk about the industry. Talk about the product. Talk about the position. Anything that is easy and comfortable for people to have that conversation around. Well, we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, I'm going to give you seven steps to take if you're thinking about making a career change. We'll be right back in just a few minutes. 
The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at astrategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Hello and welcome back to The Career Confidant. And let's go through seven steps to a career change. So the first thing I want you to do is trash can and magic wand it. So the trash can is all the bad things, all the things you don't like about your current job. These are often the easiest. I call it the trash can because when you're doing coaching or counseling, and especially in groups, oftentimes you get into this negative funk, right, where everybody's just bitching for it, right? Having a bitch session. Get the trash can out. Give yourself five minutes to write down all the things that you hate about your current job. Just get it out. Then magic wand it. So if everything was perfect, what would you love to do? And I want you to base this in what you've done before. So these are the things that you've loved in the past. You've really enjoyed these activities. If you could, you know, wave your magic wand, these are the things that you would do in your job moving forward. So trash can, magic wand. Then I want you to do a reality check. This is go out and find job descriptions that somewhat fit your magic wand. And Kyla mentioned this as well, where I want you to go through those job descriptions, look at the qualifications, the requirements, and judge these jobs based on your interest and the reality. So is this a reality for me? Would someone think I'm qualified for this job? And I usually have people, you know, give it a one to five on interest and a one to five on reality. Then you can look at those jobs that are the most interesting where there's also some realm of reality to someone being able to see that you can do this, this job. 
then you're going to start a, a T diagram. And this is like the old school cover letters where you want this, I have this. As you're going through the job descriptions, you're also starting to build this list of how you can show that you're qualified. How do you show you meet the qualifications? While you're doing this, you're seeing the gaps. How can you fill those gaps? Training, volunteer, whatever it might be, where you could start filling those gaps. Then you move into research conversations. So you want to back up these job descriptions that you've been picking apart here with talking to people who do that job. I'm interested in this, doing this job. What advice do you have for me? Remember, we're focused on advice, advice, advice. Now, if you're not making that big of a career change, you may kind of mix this step in with a future step. But we want to do that reality check of are the job descriptions that we're seeing rooted in, in reality. Usually they are, but this is a good way to get some networking started in the new role by asking for advice on that role. Then you start working on your marketing materials. Number one mistake I see a lot of job seekers make is that they start with their resume. You don't have any earthly idea what needs to go on that resume. No wonder it's a struggle. Don't do it. Start with the research. Start with the job descriptions. Figure out what you have that speaks to those job descriptions. Then when you get into building the resume, you actually know what you're trying to say. You know what points you need to make, and it's so much easier. And you don't need to have your resume together to start your networking because sending those people a resume that's not based in any kind of research will just put your least best foot forward anyways. Marketing materials, then you can start having more networking conversations. So now you know you want to be in marketing. So you start talking to people about marketing, about the industries specifically, about the, the types of companies you're interested in. And those conversations are going to be just a little bit different than the research conversations around making sure you have a realistic perception of what the job is. If you're not making that big of a change, those two types of conversations might meld together a little bit. And that's okay. You just want to be clear with each person that you're talking to, why you're talking to them. What is it that you're hoping to get their advice on? Then you start applying to roles and getting those people who you've been networking with to put in that recommendation, put in that referral. You continue those networking roles while you're applying. So you see that applying to jobs is step number seven. <laughs> we start with the research. We start with making sure we understand our gaps and what we might need to do to upskill or reskill. And this is why if you currently are working, you can start doing these steps now and do them while you're employed instead of you know, jumping ship too quickly when you still have all this work to do. If there's a way that you can do this work while you are still employed, that is going to be of huge benefit to you and your pocketbook and, and everything about our adult lives because it does take some time. It takes some time to do this research. It takes time to build a network in a new industry. It takes time to go through the steps of a career change. Most of the time people will tell you that a career change takes 12 months. When you think about getting focused and then doing the job search, the job search takes longer when you're making that career change because you're not going to look like as much of a fit on paper. 
and your network is going to be more important and and all of those pieces take a little bit of time to put in place so the more that we can be a, a focused and have our research done and really look on what's the best way to do this before we move forward the better off we'll be when we start to make that actual transition because we've done our research we know what we're looking for and we have connected the dots for the employer between what we've been doing and what we want to do and those hiring managers yes they're more open to someone making a transition today the switch in the the hiring market has has definitely helped you career changer you're still going to be up against competition and the better that you can communicate your why and connect the dots in the qualifications the better off you'll be they want someone who can step in and do the job tomorrow they're willing to stretch a little bit and the more that you can show you could step in and do the job tomorrow the stronger your candidacy will be and the more likely it will be that you'll get the that interview network referrals they're going to be huge moving forward and the you know the pains that employers are feeling right now their inability to get people is pushing them more towards referrals even though there are some diversity reasons pushing them away from it they've got to fill the seats and if you can network and be that person that someone has at least talked to a couple of times you'll have an opportunity to get into that seat so start by figuring out why you want to make that move do some work internally at your own organization to see if there's an opportunity to move internally or to make a change internally that's going to be your easiest move especially right now with so many pieces moving inside organizations if you can move internally you might be surprised at the mobility that's available right now and if you do that work you'll have a better idea of what you need to do and why you're making that external move which will make all the difference when you start to put those pieces together and of course we're right here for you every week on the career confidant if you have topics you'd like us to cover please email me at marie m a r i e at careerthoughtleaders.com we love to cover your questions and your topics and we will see you right back here again next week on the career confidant Thank you for listening to The Career Confidant. Marie Zimanoff will return again with another terrific guest next Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Be sure to join us then.